game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Yamamoto creates for McLeod. Costin. McLeod spins. Yamamoto looking for the net. Top of the left circle. Shot score! Tyler Yamamoto! Put it upstairs! And Edmonton takes a 5-4 lead! Ten seconds to go. Up the left-hand side. Evander Kane to tie up at center. He'll shoot. It's knocked down. Three seconds. Drive from distance. Blocked. And this series is over. Edmonton 5. Los Angeles 4. In round 2. It'll be the Golden Knights and the Oilers. We are serving up red-hot yams. We are playing La Bamba. And we're booking a ticket to Vegas to face the Golden Knights. The Edmonton Oilers have advanced to round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. A 5-4 decision tonight in Los Angeles over the Kings to commit a little regicide. 4-2 in the series. Kyler Yamamoto, the game winner, the series winner, officially with 3:03 left in the third period. Thanks a lot for joining us, Oil Country. Man, oh man, what a scene here at Rogers Place for the watch party. Several thousand more people in the fan park and in Ice District Plaza. And wherever you're listening from around the world, I'm sure you've been celebrating here over the last little while. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. Well, Rob, another exciting close game in this one another game in which a team had a little bit of separation and couldn't pull away but ultimately the Oilers get it done and it's Kyler Yamamoto who hadn't been productive in this series his long shot floats in and that decides it yeah I think this is the the way this series has been and and why the Oilers are moving on it's players like Yamamoto and Costin and Bukestad and Ryan and just go down the line, the, the third and fourth line players of the Edmonton Oilers coming up uh, big in this series, uh, scoring important goals, uh, keeping momentum going and creating momentum. Uh, the Oilers, Connor and Leon, uh, they, they were just as they always are. They dominant with the puck on their stick. They scored goals every game. I think Leon had a point in every game of the series. They did what they always do. But what the Oilers haven't gotten in the past number of years is depth scoring and depth important scoring and you could see that jay woodcroft saw what cost and, and and yamamoto and along with mcleod were doing in this game that he had them out late in this hockey game when they scored their important goals so uh, it was a, a wonderful series to watch whether you're an oiler fan or a, a king's fan or, or just a fan of hockey every game had a, an entertainment value through the roof yeah this is an oiler team that was destined to win. Anything, anytime they faced adversity, whether it's uh, penalties, videos going against them, falling behind in, in in important games by big numbers, losing leads, and then having a stick break uh, late in a hockey game, any adversity that they faced this year, they were able to overcome. And they didn't look stressed when things were going wrong for them. So it was a fantastic series. Uh, and uh, to me, the better team won. And they get to play in the next series against the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Well, Rob, I think you made a great point about how the Oilers were able to handle some of the things that didn't go their way. And you think, well, what's going to define a series when you look back in later in the summer or five years from now, ten years from now, game one, the Oilers blow a lead. Kopitar ties it with 16.7 seconds left. Kings win on a power play in overtime. Third game, the high stick non-call that we talked about a lot. The Oilers didn't get that go their way, and the Kings win in overtime. Oilers down 3 nothing after the first period of game four, and then you mentioned, and there's great videos online that people have been putting out. Sticker uh, Skinner was playing with a broken mm-hmm. stick for a couple of minutes, which led to him fanning on that shot. All those things are now going to be footnotes because, well, what happened? They come back from 3 nothing down. Zach Hyman's goal is going to be remembered. A pretty thorough performance in Game 5 earlier this week to take the series lead, and then Yamamoto's winner. All those things are going to be remembered instead of those tough moments because they were able to handle with those tough moments. They, they didn't break when something pretty massive and pretty painful at times went against them. Well, actually, I, I'm going to go a little bit against it. I think those tough moments will be remembered. Because when you when the team wins a championship or, or goes far in the playoffs, you remember the, the tough moments that you overcame. But I'm, I'm saying it won't define the series. You're not no, going to say that's the it. series the Oilers lost because they couldn't hold the lead in no, game one. Or okay, whatever. I understand that. Yeah, but this is this is a different team, and I this is a team that I, I believe right from the very beginning we talked about. They're not satisfied. It wasn't a team trying to make the playoffs. They're they're well past that. Wasn't a team that you know we can make a run and we can try and win a division title. Cool, that'd be awesome. Again, that's not something this team's even thinking about. This team was here to win a Stanley Cup. That's the only thing on their minds. And, and you could see the swagger that they've had all season long. And it was a swagger with a a, a solid confidence that when things are going bad. Yeah, you know what? We're fine. We're we're fine with where we are right now. We know that the process is there. Things are going to start going our way. Uh, it's a season where their number one goaltender, the one they brought in to to stabilize them, didn't materialize. So they went to a backup, and in this game, Stuart Skinner, or excuse me, in this series, Stuart Skinner was pulled once, went right back in. Their next game was good. Uh, his stick broke, and it was it was pretty obvious when it when I'm when he shoes when he's doing that in real time and he goes to play the puck. I'm like, okay, that that stick's not supposed to bend at that spot. There's a little too much stress right there. So you knew something was wrong, which I think helps that it wasn't a, a mistake. It was simply bad luck. And you saw Connor McDavid go pat him on the head. Ah, we'll get that one back. So this was a, a fun series. And the Oilers will look back and say, okay, we overcame adversity. And the LA Kings will look back and said, we missed some opportunities. But all in all, the Oilers were the better team for the most part. They get to move on. And I, I know that Vegas had more points. I understand that Vegas has got a good team, but I still believe the LA Kings are the hardest team that the Oilers were going to face in the Western Conference. So 5-4, the Oilers win the game. They win the series four games to two. And, Rob, you touched on it, and it's been an ongoing theme, well, really for a lot of the season, but you really saw it in this series. Costin gets two goals and an assist tonight. Vinny DeHarnay gets his first two playoff assists, and Yamamoto gets his first two points of the series with a goal and an assist. And, and Rob, on my show Inside Sports last night, I you know played some audio from Yamamoto because he did a scrum. Woodcroft talked about him a little bit. And, you know, you know I had some fans write in and say, well, he's, he's not doing anything. He's minus. And I said, well, they're winning. You know, they had a good second half of the season. They're up a game in the series. So I'm not going to pick away too much at a guy who, yes, can be better and more productive, but, but they are winning the series. And they're better positioned because 
two years ago, if if Yamamoto didn't score and Pugliarvi and whoever was on the team, they were done. Because and you talked about this, Bob. It was it was three guys. So I, I don't look at it necessarily as oh, I can't believe this guy and this guy didn't score a goal. I look at it as as well. But they have other guys who can score or check or contribute. And now tonight, it it was Yamamoto in the spotlight. Well, it was funny at the before the first game, you asked a bunch of your guests which role player would have the biggest impact in the series and everyone was named as certain players and i said that i don't think there's any one player i think it's going to be by committee because that's all they need they need certain guys at different moments to step up they don't need one guy every game they need different times different players will have that big moment that special moment and we saw that where ryan had a big moment cost in a couple times bukestad uh, McLeod, like everybody had that time to shine when the Oilers needed it most. And tonight was Yamamoto's time. And you're right, in the past, if somebody in your top six wasn't contributing, wasn't putting the puck in the net, the Oilers didn't have depth players that would score. So all of a sudden, they were always falling a goal short. And Connor and Leon were no different this year than they were last year or the year before. They continued to produce. But in the past, when they had their two goals, they would lose 3-2 because they didn't get something from their third or fourth line. And in this game, the LA Kings did a pretty good job in this game today, uh, limiting the number of chances that Connor and Leon had. But when you give, give up three goals to the fourth line of the Edmonton Oilers, you can't beat the Oilers. You just gave, that means you're, Connor and Leon are going to get two points. That's what they average over the course of the year. So now the top line is going to get, now you give the fourth line three goals, you have to score six. That's pretty hard in the National Hockey League playoffs to score six. So uh, contributions further down the lineup were huge. And anything, there's a lot of question marks before this, the series, before the season, but before the series, is the depth defense. Is DeArnay quick enough to play in the playoffs? What about Kulak? How about their, their fourth line? Are they capable of doing this? What's Bukestad going to do? I think in the first series, they all of those things were tested. And though there were some hiccups, I think they came through with flying colors and the confidence now is going to grow amongst the fan base and certainly in the dressing room. All right, so the Oilers take it 5-4. They win the series in six games. Just a, a side note, Robin, and I know in the playoffs it's black and white. There's no gray results for losing in overtime. The Oilers have not been beaten in regulation time in in 21 games. I know. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, like it, that's... They haven't been beaten in a 60-minute game since March 11th when they lost to the Leafs. Well, they're a good hockey club. And, again, they're going to have to continue that pushing forward and playing good hockey going against Vegas. But they are a good hockey club. And I, we talk about it all the time. L.A. is going to be a hard out. Well, right now the hardest out in the National Hockey League is the Edmonton Oilers. And no team has been able to knock them out in regulation for a month and a half now. And the Vegas Golden Knights, they know that they have a handful coming in the Edmonton Oilers that are playing very, very well and are very confident. Yamamoto with the winner has picked the first star tonight. Dreisaitl, who just continues to produce for the Oilers, got his seventh goal of the series. He's selected as the second star. I'm going off the official NHL game sheet here. Philip Deneau, the third star. Rob and I picked the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I, I think a few players we can mention tonight, Rob. I'm actually going to go with Stuart Skinner. I, I mean, despite the, the tough play on the broken stick, he faced a lot of pucks tonight. He makes 40 saves. Well, that, that, he, he's a good pick, but to me, it's a no-brainer. When a fourth-line guy scores two goals and an assist, 
he's your star of the game. Clem Costin was fantastic in this hockey game. I'm surprised he wasn't one of the three stars. So, well, you're always going to give a guy that gets the game winner the 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 star. But yeah, you're right. He, he, but then they probably looked at his ice time. What did he have about seven minutes Clay today? Costin played 8:44, had three points. Yeah, there you go. That's that's not a bad stretch for Clem. I mean, he was he was good. He was very good. And uh, the the goal that he scored, his first goal of the game, when he crossed the ice and threw it back the opposite direction, that's a goal scorer's goal. That is something you'll see from the L.A. That's he can't be from the L.A. Kings scoring type of goal like that. That's not something that a fourth liner or a third liner would normally score. And I think he absolutely fooled Corpusala on that. And that's not even on the goalie. That was a world-class shot where he put that from the direction he was going. All right, 5-4, the Oilers win it. Let's go back to Los Angeles. Here is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Um, great question. First off, I'm, I'm just going to uh, congratulate the LA Kings on uh, a great season, over 100 points. Um, you know, the, this playoff series was, again, an, a great playoff series, hard fought both ways. And I'd just like to congratulate um, them on, on a good year. They pushed us very hard. So uh, to Rob Blake, um, Luke Robitaille, Todd McClellan, and their leadership group of uh, Kopitar and, and Doughty and uh, Deneau and those type of guys um, congratulate them on a hard-fought series. Now, you asked about the uh, um, the power play. Uh, I thought both power plays were dynamite in the series. Both power plays found a way to impact each and every game. And, uh, you know, we scored one today, but we gave one up shorthanded, and they scored two. Um, so, but it, my answer is both power plays were excellent in this series. Jay, um, yep. it was literally a bad break that gave up the, the, the fourth goal, I guess. How does the, your team kind of recoup and recover from that and your young goaltender recoup and recover from that and, and be able to hold the, hold the Kings off and then go out and score the winning goal? Yeah, I was proud of our team. Um, we are sure of ourselves and uh, wholly sure of uh, what our opportunity is before us here. Um, and we have an understanding that it's not always going to be smooth sailing. Um, you know, it's okay. It's okay that there's some drama in the story. Uh, if you look at this series as a whole, uh, we were 20 seconds away from winning game number one. We were shorthanded. We gave one up. Uh, that was a game we felt we could win. Uh, we didn't let it beat us. We came out in game number two and uh, won game number two. We come down to L.A. and play a hard road game in game number three, a game where we felt there was some adversity. You know, obviously there was the, the non-call of the stick in, in overtime. Um, I really liked how our team responded to that one. We're down uh, by three goals in game number four. We responded. Um, you know, uh, in tonight's game, I thought we controlled the first period. Um, you know, the other team found a way to score a couple on the power play. We responded right again to get the lead. You go into the third period, and then your goaltender's stick breaks, and you give up a shorthanded goal. The arena's rocking. And uh, for us to find a way to get the win, I thought was important. I mean, like, a, 
this is one of the best defensive teams in the league um, that pushes you in certain ways. I was proud of our team. I was proud how our team altered our game uh, in order to beat this team, in order to meet this challenge that's immediately before us. Um, and as I said at the start with your question, um, the LA Kings are a worthy, formidable, uh, tough out. Um, I thought it was a heck of a series. Jay, how did you um, reach your decision to put Connor and Leon together in, in game three, and how do you think that kind of changed the complexion of your lineup for, for the rest of the series? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's one of the tools in the coach's toolkit. Um, you know, there were times this year where they played together, times when they played apart. I've probably, out of all the coaches that have coached them, have played them the least together. Um, but I see why um, when they do play together, it's magic. And, uh, you know, I just think the versatility of being able to move them around uh, makes us a better team, a harder team to defend. And as I said, we were playing one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, so we had to do some things in order to beat this team, in order to meet this challenge. And as I, I was proud of our group that we did some things um, that, you know, showed some maturity. So I'm proud of them. Jay, how important was it to close this out in six? Beneficial. <clears throat> yeah, I, well, what I do think is that every game in the playoffs takes a toll, a physical, um, mental, and emotional toll. So um, by not extending the series, um, you build up a little uh, rest time in between series. Um, and, you know, I think that, that benefits us. Um, so uh, taking care of business on, this, on the road to find a way to beat this team three games in a row, uh, I think it was important uh, for that very reason. Jay, Connor, um, Leon, and Bouchard had unreal series for you, but it was a play of two fourth liners tonight that uh, came up with key goals. Just can you talk about their play? Our media is laughing back there because they would know that I don't call them fourth liners. Uh, I don't think that's an appropriate label for those two guys. Kyler Yamamoto uh, finding that goal um, was huge. I feel good about them. I, I, I felt good about them playing against the top players of the other team. Um, you know, um, for Klim, first of all, uh, he didn't play much in game number four, um, but he found a way to score the winner in game number two. Um, he came up with some big goals here in game number six. Um, you know, he's a big body that's tough to handle and compliments his line mates. Uh, for Kyler Yamamoto, uh, who hadn't scored in the series but had was all over the chances uh, for his personal um, self-confidence, I think that's important that he got that goal. And that, that, that goal was a great goal, important for our team. You know, when he walked into our dressing room, there was a real loud cheer because everyone cheers for him because he's a little engine that could. Uh, you know, playing the National Hockey League at his size um, uh, 
without having an unbelievable amount of determination and will. Um, so while it didn't go uh, in the net for him early in the series, he stuck with it, he stuck with it, he stuck with it, and eventually he ended up scoring the series winner. Jay, they say success is a great teacher, but adversity is a greater. Whenever your team faced adversity over the last 13 days, what did you learn most about your group? Well, I think to discover is superior to being told. So you, sometimes you have to go through um, something like this in order to see what you're made of. I think... Um, the first round of the NHL playoffs is a unique experience. Um, and as I said, I can't compliment the LA Kings enough because they played a hard series. They're a very unique team in the way they play the game. Um, you know, but we were prepared for it. Uh, we altered our game to try and meet this challenge. And in the end, we're moving on. So I'm proud of our group. Yeah, Jay, you touched on this a little bit, but, uh, you know, what made the Kings a different opponent this season versus last season? Um, obviously, it's the same context, but I imagine you felt it was a pretty pretty well, their, different challenge. Their team was different. Um, their goaltender was different. They traded for him. Uh, they brought in a top four D-men at the trade deadline in Gavrikov. Um, Doughty was healthy. Arvidsson was healthy. Um... You know, Fiala was a free agent signing for them, so they had a different look than last year's team. Um, but what I think makes them unique is the way they play the game. I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the league, and they do some unique things that not all teams do. Um, you know, we tried to, as we were heading down the stretch, make sure we were prepared to play this team. You know, I'd have to look it up. We lost two games in overtime on on power plays in overtime. Um, but I think heading into the the playoffs, our team was 14-0-1. We hadn't lost a game in regulation since the beginning of March. So our, so our team is trying or was trying to use the stretch run to prepare us for moments like this. Jay, you just talked about some of the improvements and the changes in this Kings team, but you beat them in one fewer game than you did last year. Where were some of the improvements for your team that allowed that to happen? Well, we're a different team as well. And, um, you know, we have different personnel. Um, we have a different goaltender. So we have a rookie goaltender that's come up and made the all-star team this year. Uh, we traded for Matthias Ekholm at the trade deadline, traded for Nick Bugstad at the uh, trade deadline. Um, so we've moved kind of some pieces around the chessboard a little bit. Um, but where I think we're a different team is our, our understanding of what it takes. I think that's our, you know, that's what, separates us is our focus and understanding um, there's some scars uh, from past experiences uh, on our team uh, but that's how I think you learn and, and get better um, and last year's run to the third round wet everybody's appetite for playing hockey in the month of June um, so we've learned some lessons along the way too We're, we've improved as well and saying that, um, we know we're going to have uh, our hands full with a very good uh, Vegas Golden Knights team. Um, but we're going to enjoy tonight's uh, series win right now, and, and tomorrow we'll be spent preparing for Vegas.
Okay, I think one of the things the Kings felt, I felt going into the series, they felt they had their depth scoring would help carry them if they were going to be successful. Yep. You guys had 11 players, I believe, that scored goals in the series. Yeah. Is that one of the things that's different about this team this year maybe than last year? Um, sure, yeah. Um, we're the highest scoring team in the league. So it was an interesting battle between one of the best defensive teams in the league and, and one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Um, you know, we stuck with it. We were happy with our goals for, especially in the last three games. Um, part of that is because of depth scoring. Uh, we wanted to come at uh, LA in waves and in certain ways. And um, I saw a very mature, professional Edmonton Oilers team do what it had to do in order to win. Uh, so I'm proud of our group. You mentioned uh, major adjustments. What, what major adjustments did you did you make to play the Kings? Well, I'll let you go over the film if you want to do that, but I'm not going to give any secret secret uh, sauce or uh, you know any any uh, insight into how we think as an organization or team. Those are trade secrets. Um, but needless to say, we had to do some things in order to meet the challenge of the LA Kings. As I said, it was a huge challenge. Um, a hard-fought series, and um, I'm just happy that, that we came out on top. Okay, thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers win the series in Game 6, 5-4, the final. Also want to just give you a note here. Edmonton Police tweeting this out about 15 minutes ago. Please be advised that the area of 101st Street and 103rd Ave currently cordoned off by police following a response to a weapons complaint on the street. Multiple individuals sustained injuries, including a male suspect. And then uh, a reply to that tweet by the police. Uh, police would like to assure citizens that there is no risk to those in the immediate area. More information will be issued as it becomes available. So obviously extremely close to the arena with tens of thousands of people downtown and uh, with multiple uh, individuals sustaining injuries. Hopefully nothing uh, too serious in that. So just something to, uh, to keep an eye on there. Uh, personally tonight, I, I just want to extend a special hello and best wishes and hope everybody is safe in the Evansburg and Entwistle area. I, of course, grew up about three miles north of Evansburg, and I know both those communities are, are threatened by fire tonight, and there have been evacuations, so I hope everybody is doing okay for sure. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. You can get in touch. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. Vegas is next for the Oilers. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Lead pass, here's Kopitar, drop pass, Kempe, left circle, back to Kopitar, redirected, save, Skinner with a right pad. Kopitar wanted to elevate that puck over the splayed out right pad, and the 17-year veteran cannot believe he didn't do it. All right, that is Stuart Skinner's save of the game. 
for Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner with 40 stops. The Oilers were outshot 44-26. They win it 5-4 on a goal by Kyler Yamamoto with 3.03 left in the third period. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you as the Oilers will now play Vegas next. We don't know the schedule for that. Speculation that Tuesday, Thursday in Vegas. Shania is here at Rogers Place Friday and Saturday. Bob threw out the possibility of one of those concerts, well, I guess the Saturday concert moving to Sunday, so you can play every second day, but uh, keep it on 6.30, Chet. Well, really, Rob, you'd have to be an idiot not to see the schedule when it comes out. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you follow hockey at all. Yeah, well, there'll be a lot of people that'll stay up all night tonight hoping it comes out tonight, and there'll be people checking very early in the morning. Uh, and I'm sure there's also people right now or have already booked flights to Vegas for the week. So they didn't know what days they were going to be starting down there, but they had a good feeling it'd be starting at some point in the next few days down there. Uh, it's fun. This is a uh, uh, Vegas has been a very good team for since they've come into the to the league. Uh, they are more of a veteran team, just like a lot of the L.A. Kings players are. Uh, I, to me, sometimes they surprise me at how well they've played and the, the record they had this year, doing it without their best player, their, their second best player, Eichel having an average year at best, going through four or five goaltenders, battling tons of injuries, yet they still find ways to win. So, again, this will be a, a, another tough opponent for the Oilers, but I think... Uh, I think they went through the. I, I believe that LA is the toughest opponent, but Vegas, uh, for some way, knows how to win hockey games. And we're going to see in the next two or three weeks a much more physical series, I believe. That's the one thing I do see Vegas being more physical and more aggressive on the forecheck than we saw with the LA Kings. Also tonight, the Maple Leafs advance to the second round. 2-1 overtime win over the Lightning on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Rangers force game seven against the Devils. They win tonight 5-2. We have Brandon standing by. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed and Rob. How are you guys? Good. Uh, first of all, I mean, what a game by the boys. Let's go. I mean, this is huge to see the Oilers win this. I mean, and, and, and then not to extend it to the seven games. Um, I thought Clem Costin, I mean, to get that depth scoring out of our third and fourth line, I mean, is, is massive. To see Yamamoto to be able to get, get off the schneid and, and score the GWG in this one, I mean, is huge. I'm curious to see how he motivates that and, and takes it into the next series. And then lastly, I mean, you, Rob, you mentioned it early in the broadcast. I mean, I mean, I, I, I personally think L.A. is the best team that, you know, we could have played in the West. I'm curious to see how we fare against Vegas. I think we're a harder-playing team, and we can get there. But curious to see your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I said right from the beginning, and I'm not going to change, I felt that L.A. would be the toughest team that the Oilers would play in this conference. I think L.A. is good, very, very good. They're deep, uh, and the Oilers were able to take care of them despite uh, running into a little adversity here and there. I, again, I, the, Vegas, I thought they, there was a chance they could get upset by the Winnipeg Jets. Now, injuries certainly hurt the Jets in that series. Um, I... Vegas is, uh, they're physical. They play a physical game. They're much more aggressive. They do have some guys that can finish. And they do have a, not a championship pedigree, but they've got some guys that have gone far in the playoffs. So I think that does help them. They have experience. 
in their lineup. But to me, the Edmonton Oilers are the better team. And I, I've said this from since day one, and I'll say it again. I think it's better to start on the road. I, and the Edmonton Oilers get to start on the road in Vegas, and I think that is an advantage for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean, there's virtually okay, – where's my stats here, Rob? Uh, 27 and 17 were the road teams coming into tonight. So now they're 29 and 18. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, I mean, this is, I think, a slightly unusual year, but – it is, but it, that's why I said it during the play, when the others were going for first. I said it, to me, the last six year games of the season, I didn't care if they got home ice because it doesn't matter anymore. Just stay healthy, and we're seeing that play out. And Leon Drysaddle talked about it. Said that the nowadays it used to be you get line matchups, and there was nobody on the opposition that could f- go against Connor or Leon in, in a line matchup. If the others had last change on home ice, but teams have third and fourth lines that are capable of playing now. And that's a big difference as it, than it was 7, 10, 15 years ago when you'd have a, a tough guy and you'd have a power play specialist on your fourth line and you couldn't get caught with them out in, in a game against the other team's best players. It's not like that anymore. And the teams that are in the playoffs, and we've seen that this year, I mean, you just have to look at some of the series, Boston versus Florida, uh, the parity in the league is so close. So in a playoff series... The first team that faces stress is the home team in the game number one because they want to win game number one. They don't want to fall behind and all of a sudden lose home ice advantage. So game number one in the playoffs on home ice is stressful. And Vegas is the first team that's going to feel stress in the playoffs because they're going to want to win and not have to go into Edmonton and have to win a hockey game. So uh, I, I like the fact the others are starting on the road. Japanese Village goal light is... On tonight, because the Oilers scored five goals in a game, head to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. And, and, and again, Rob, I referenced the goals four that the Oilers got, well, basically after game one of of uh, game four, right? I mean, they had nine goals in the first three games, and then... They get five, they get six, and they get five again. Most of those on Corpus Allo. I, I don't know necessarily if they figured them out, but they, I mean, they just kept shooting, and a lot did go in uh, up high, including the series winner. It did. They got traffic. I think at the beginning of the series, he was seeing everything, and they also started shooting high. And we saw throughout the the games, even when the games that they were scoring four and five on him, he was making big saves when he's going post to post with his feet where he had a little bit of trouble was when the puck was up in the air and the Oilers started trying to shoot high on every chance they got. And on the Yamamoto one, he was throwing the puck on net. He wasn't trying to score, but he's trying to create something. And again, he threw it high so that if it does somehow sneak through, well, that's where you're going to beat the goaltender. Uh, Corpusalo wasn't as good. I mean, the Kings had their chances in this hockey game. Yeah. The Oilers didn't dominate this game. The Kings at times were the better team. But what we've seen throughout the season in the last couple is the Oilers don't need as many chances. Their skill level is higher than any other teams in the National Hockey League. From top to bottom, up front, they've got more guys that lead, need less opportunity to score. And the LA Kings would push and push and push, but if they made that one mistake, the Oilers were going to capitalize because their skill level is higher, and it's through their lineup. So uh, Corpus Allo was... Uh, was the difference early in the series 
and became a non-factor later in the series. Now the Edmonton Oilers are a different beast going against Vegas. They're going against a guy that is not supposed to be starting the playoff series. He's supposed to be their third-string goaltender. But with injuries to their top two, the Edmonton Oilers get to see a, an old face in Laurent Brassois. Second year in a row, the Oilers eliminate the Kings in the first round. Seven games last year, six this year. We have Cam standing by on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Cam. Hey, guys. I just got to say, I hope Skinner uh, buys Yamamoto biggest stick in town. What do you think? Well, that, that's not on Skinner. His stick broke. He had no chance on that one. Uh, you, you see a lot of times where a defenseman or a forward go to make a play and the stick snaps in his hands. Uh, normally, if that happens, it's just a, a scoring chance or someone clears the puck. But when your goaltender, his stick snaps in half, there's nobody there to, to help him out or bail him out. Uh, good on Deneau going to the net when you're down a goal and shorthanded to hoping that a mistake was made. But that was no mistake by Skinner. That was horrible, horrible luck at a very, very inopportune time. All right, and let's hear what Skinner had to say about that play. The broken stick, I guess. When did you realize it was broken, or how that kind of all played out for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I noticed when it actually broke, but um, when I even got the puck, it didn't feel like it was anything different. Um, I felt like I was totally fine and just tried to hit Boosh uh, with a nice hard crisp pass and um, just kind of snapped it on the bottom there. Free goal for that guy. Um, and uh, that stuff happens. It's about how you bounce back from that. It's about how you respond to moments like that. Um, so I thought we did a great job in how we responded. How old were you when you first put the pad? How old were you when you first put pads on? Like how old were you? Um, I always wanted to put the pads on. I was a centerman for a little bit, and then I uh, just like a kid. My dad didn't want me to be a goalie, and uh, my whole family didn't want me to be a goalie. But got them to change their minds, and I'm happy that I made that decision. My question would be: You've played a lot of goal in your life. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Uh, I don't think I have. That might be the first time. Um, honestly, in the first round of, of the Stanley Cup playoffs here, and my first time around, I feel like I've kind of gone through uh, quite a bit here. Um, you know, losing overtime, being pulled in the first period, being able to win a game, uh, being able to win a series, breaking a stick and letting an easy goal go in. Um, that's all part of life, and that's all part of the experience and the learning lessons that I get to learn, and um, I'm very grateful for those lessons. First, first step in a journey, a tough series, but you get by and you win in advance. What's the feeling like to get through the first round? Yeah, uh, obviously a, an exciting day, um, but when the sun comes up tomorrow morning, it's a different day, different challenge. Um, you know, we, we got a, a long road uh, ahead of us, and we have a great team ahead of us, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to take everybody it's just a new challenge, so um, it'll be nice to enjoy this one, but uh, we got a lot more work to do. So we're just going back to the fourth goal. How, how do you do you personally recover from that? Because sometimes you could get like the sky is falling type of feeling. How, how do you rebound and recover from that? Yeah, honestly, my first thought was uh, I like it the hard way. Um, I want to win the hard way. And uh, being able to let go of that very quickly, um, make some saves, let the, let the guys know that we can relax, it's all going to be okay. Um, and then Yamo being able to get that goal with three minutes left, I mean, after that, I think I, I don't even know if I got a shot, maybe one shot. So just how the guys responded um, just shows.
A lot of resilience in this group. What was the relief when yeah, we did score that goal? Yeah, um, I was very, uh, very excited. Obviously, um, but I still knew there's a lot of time on the on the clock. Um, I think it was three minutes, two seconds, and uh, I know that uh, I had to had to get my mind right for those for those three minutes. So. Um, yeah, it's a great goal. Very happy about it. Very, I mean, it, was, it won us the won us the game, won us the series, um, and now it's uh, we're just moving forward from that. Stuart, I saw while we were talking to Matthias at home here, Connor McDavid hugged you, and you guys shared a, about a five to seven second hug there, and then you guys chatted for a little bit. Yeah. What was the message there? What was the conversation like? <laughs> uh, he asked me. Um, he told me that next time I should check my stick. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and we had a little giggle, and then uh, we had a we had a big hug there. Um, obviously, we're I'm very proud of him and what he's done, and as a leader, as a person, uh, obviously as a player. Uh, and I think the same goes for him towards me. And um, we also the message is that that you know it's hard to win, and we have a lot more to give. I got a lot better. Uh, he's got a lot better. We all have a lot better. And um, just as a team, we got, you know, it's going to be hard. So we uh, we got to giddy up here and uh, get excited for this next series. One more question from me. Uh, anytime you guys face adversity, you guys seemingly have a new person step up every game. What does that say about the cohesiveness about this group and how special it is in this room? Yeah, it's massive. Um, being able to have everybody, uh, you know, bring what they got every single day is huge. Um, every single day it's a different person. Um, every single day there's a different moment where somebody steps up and being able to have the guys in the room, which we have, is very important uh, to win. So, um, yeah, it's massive being able to get through the first round and uh, a lot more to get here. That is the always wise Stuart Skinner, Rob Brown, after a 5-4 Oilers win. Well, and I, I like the fact that he, he talked about it. Yeah, it happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do. And I think that's what you're seeing with this team. When they face adversity, well, there's no no use getting upset about it or, or getting down on yourself. It's over. Uh, you can't you can't correct something that's already happened. So yeah, okay, the, 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 it was a turnover and and they scored. Well, it's a tie game. Let's just go. Out. Now I got to make another save. I'm gonna have to make sure nothing else gets past me. And the team will notice that. You you'll see a player that's emotional, and uh, he, his shoulders will sulk or he gets mad. And that'll affect the team because now you think, okay, whew, he's rattled back there. Someone go talk to him. Okay, I mean, make sure we keep pucks away from him for a while because I'm not sure his focus is there. But they showed him going to the bench, went and got a new stick, went back in the net, no issue. And I think that sent a message to the team. All right, mistakes happen or, or bad luck happens, and I'm just going to go about my business and, and make sure nothing else gets past me. It, and the, the fact that it was, it just tied the game. If it put the Oilers down, that would have been a little bit different and a little more stressful. But the Oilers at that point, they were still on the power play. There was still time left in the game. Uh, they knew they were going to get their opportunities. So Stuart Skinner just continues to um, anything that's thrown at him, he finds a way to get through it, and he comes out better on the other side. He's going to have to be because each round you go in the playoffs, the, the teams are a little more hard and a little more uh, – they have a little more skill level or they're, they're a little more prepared and – you have to be prepared to play even better. And I think that's what you see with this team right now is they're not satisfied winning the first round. This this isn't what their their goal was. This was expected. And I think they're going into the Vegas series expecting to win this series.
All right, so the Oilers have eliminated the Kings 5-4 the final tonight. Bouchard, two assists. Drysaddle had a goal. They had uh, at least a point in every game in this series. I set the line tonight at 2.5 for River Crew Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Combined points for Drysaddle and Bouch, so it is over. Rose wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. You're going to hear from Matthias Ekholm and, of course, more of your reaction as well on the Certainty Hotline. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Yamamoto creates for McLeod. Costin. McLeod spins. Yamamoto looking for the net. Top of the left circle. Shot score! Tyler Yamamoto put it upstairs. And Edmonton takes a 5-4 lead. Yamamoto looking for the net. He found it. Game winner. Series winner. Oilers beat the Kings 5-4 in game six. Yamamoto with a goal and an assist tonight. McLeod two assists. DeHarnay two assists. McDavid a goal and an assist. Costin, two goals and an assist. Bouchard, two assists. Those were the guys with multiple points tonight. As the Oilers advance, James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Fill in the net with 100 bucks to 630 Chad Santa's anonymous for every Oilers goal. So it is $500 tonight. And, uh, you know, Rob, and we talked after the first period. I thought McLeod had a good game again. Uh, Fogel. Played 10 minutes, four shots on goal. I thought he was strong on the puck and skating well tonight. So you know, even some players who uh, didn't hit the score sheet as much, uh, you know, Derek Ryan again, 10:46. I mean, you you noticed almost everybody doing something positive more often than not. Well, we've talked a lot over the last 10, 12 days that the LA Kings are a very good hockey club, and you don't beat a real good hockey club unless you get contributions up and down your lineup and Los Angeles is is deep uh, that was supposedly going to be their advantage in this series but it never came to fruition simply because the Oilers bottom six were good and there were times and when, when the Oilers went with Leon and Connor on the same line that all of a sudden left one of LA's better lines either Deneau or Kopitar uh, out there against uh, a depth line for the Oilers. And there were times they were hemmed in their own zone for the entire shift. And that's huge. It, it, it's not a goal, but on the bench, everybody realizes, okay, we just had our third line out there and they just kept Deneau and his line mates hemmed in. That's a positive. That's a momentum changing type of shift. And uh, the players on the, the, the bench realize very important shift by those players. And we there was a number of shifts like that throughout the series for this Oiler team. Their depth players were very good. That breeds confidence from the coaching staff, and it breeds confidence from their teammates that they know that whoever they put on the ice are capable of turning the direction of the game in the right way. All right, we have A.J. on the Certainty Hotline. Good morning, A.J., go ahead. Hey, Reed and Rob, how are you? Good. I just want to spin a few positives out of tonight's game. Uh, first off, Yamamoto, the whole series, I was waiting for him to get going, and he was playing all right. But tonight I noticed he had the old Yamamoto jump. He was he was flying. He was hitting everything that moved, his little body, big guys. And then, you know, he throws that one at net. You know, 
you don't score sometimes you need a lucky bounce and you don't score unless you throw it at the net eh so good on him for that you know it's a big pickup for the team when skinner uh broke his stick and they scored there was no worry in this household we we were watching a game we saw skinner skate to the bench get that stick but before that mcdavid gave him a tap on the head and there was just no worry and then the first line come out there they got hemmed in right after that goal and Skinner was just stopping those shots and keeping them in there and proving, you know, that that was a fluke thing kind of thing. Like it was like he was willing himself to show his teammates that, you know, he's going to overcome this. And then Clean Costin, wow, what a role player. What a good guy. Can't say enough about him. And Bouchard, he really settled down as the series went on. He uh, handled the puck a lot of times tonight in very dangerous situations with a lot of confidence. And our coach very intelligent man i hope the press leave him alone when uh todd mcclellan come to town because he's uh he really showed that he's his own man and he's he's very intelligent he's got a very good pulse for the game yeah well i i I honestly think uh and thanks for that aj i honestly think the comparisons with todd or the matchup with todd i I think that was the story last year I, i i don't see that anymore rob i mean he he was under yeah, I mean, he was Todd's assistant for a while, but I think sort of the the dis of the disciple story angle is 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 gone now for me anyway. Well, it's funny you and I haven't talked about it the entire series. Again, it wasn't the first time they went head to head. They went head to head last year in the playoffs. So yeah, no, to me it was a non-factor in this series. It was a series of two very good hockey clubs playing against each other and uh, capitalizing and executing on your chances. It it is absolutely astounding how well both teams' power plays were in this series. I mean, and we all know how good the Oilers' power play is and the season they had, but you would have to think at some point it would slow down a bit, and instead it did the opposite. It's When they get stopped, it's not that the opposition stopped their power play. It's because they they hit too many posts or or, or it just bounced the wrong way for them. And L.A. the same. And what I've looked, they're showing some stats going into the next series. The Oilers owned Vegas throughout this season on their power play. They were 50-some percent. So this, uh, the Edmonton Oilers want to continue to win battles, win races, because right now when they get on the power play, it's almost an automatic goal. Oilers were 9 for 16 on the power play. Los Angeles 7 for 21. So, yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. Well, it's, it's amazing, though, Reed. It, the LA Kings were 33% on their power play, which would have led the National Hockey League this year. Yeah. And they were 20% worse than the Edmonton Oilers and the team they're playing against. Absolutely astounding. Sir Robert calling in as well. Hi, Sir Robert. Go ahead. Hey, Sir Robert, do we have you? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Obviously, I thought... uh, uh, you know, I thought tonight. Uh, I thought it was a really good game. Obviously, I think. Uh, I think uh, at least in this series, I think. I think uh, one potential reason why this series may have well, may have only gone six games as opposed to the seven from last year. I think uh, uh, the Oilers' depth showed up in this series a little bit more than last year. I know. Or I know. I know. I mean, like I know that uh, we're talking comparisons and last year's done and uh that means nothing but just to you know but just to see guys like costin and bouchard and yamo and 
you know, they get to see, see all those guys in this series just finding ways to, uh, I guess, well, uh, put their footprint or blueprint, whatever term you want to use. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. Skinner, obviously, I mean, at, at first when he, when Skinner uh, made that mistake, I thought, what's he doing? And then you see the picture that his, his stick was broken. It's like, oh, okay, well, no, that happens. But uh, nice to see uh, him uh, bounce back the way he did and uh, shut the door, give us a chance to get the winner there. Power play, obviously, I mean, 10 for 16. That's, six, I think, 60% in the series. That's uh, absolutely unheard of. So, obviously, uh, we'll take it. But uh, Vegas, I think, uh, despite the fact that the Oilers did go 3-0-1 uh, against them, I think uh, this series will will still present uh, its challenges. So we're just going to have to see what uh, see what we can do. I believe uh, in Vegas games one and two mentality's obviously got to be go to Vegas and get one if you can get both. Great. So thanks, Sir Robert. To, uh, yeah, have to uh, see where it goes. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, Rob, I'm going to I'm going to say this. Even if Skinner hadn't been the victim of a broken stick there, I was not worried about him given what we've seen from his demeanor this season, even if that had been totally on him and he mm-hmm. muffed the puck and handed it. And he's so interesting to listen to because what what did he say? He said, well, I guess I got to do it the hard way. And you know what? I like that. If I'm going to do something, I want it to be difficult. So, I mean, the, he doesn't he doesn't think of things as good or bad. He just thinks of them as experiences that he's going to learn from. So I thought, okay, crappy way to give up a goal, but I did not – I thought of all the goalies – in the league or that they played for the Oilers, I thought that is not going to break Stuart Skinner. No, and well, it, it wouldn't break most in the National Hockey League. Most goaltenders are got this far. <laughs> you're, right. you're pretty confident and you can, you've overcome uh, mistakes. You've overcome bad goals. Uh, his demeanor, that is just what he did. He just, all right, all right next, what, what, what are you going to throw at me now? I mean, he's a guy that's been pulled in the series. I mean, his save percentage in the series coming in was only like 880. Yet he made the saves that he had to make and uh, had a nice, calm presence that uh, resonates through the team. The team loves looking back at a goaltender that's calm, that's relaxed, that's confident. And he is all of those things. And he was the better of the two goaltenders in this series. And that's a big reason why the Edmonton Oilers are moving on. 5-4, the Oilers win it. So they win the series four games to two. Overtime was looming tonight. If it would have gone to overtime, it would have just been the second time in Oilers franchise history they would have had four overtime games in a series. The other time, second round, 1991, against, yes, the LA Kings. The Oilers won three out of the four in that series. We have uh, Ed standing by. Hi, Ed. Thanks a lot for calling. Hey, first-time caller. Uh, Thanks. Just love you guys' show. Just uh, a couple things like Yami props off to that guy kind of feel sorry for him everybody's always picking on him uh watching the game with a buddy tonight and in no word of a lie a minute and a half before he scored i looked at him i said oh yeah he needs to get one it'd be awesome for him a little bit worried about that line when uh when they're facing the knights because of his size obviously but he stood up to the show tonight and really made an impression. I'm a huge Nuge fan, and I'm waiting for him to explode off uh, Vegas, and I'm just wondering what you guys think that everybody's kind of being hard on Skinner when he showed, like, 40 shots he shot out. 
Like that's awesome. Yeah, he let he let in four, but out of he stopped forty. Like that is amazing. And great, great show, yeah. you guys, and have a good night. Yeah, appreciate. No, I thought Skinner had a had a good game, and uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, I didn't think Nugent Hopkins had a had a bad series, Rob, but uh, four assists in six games is not his pace. So again, but that's that's my point, right? Like the Oilers two years ago, three years ago, couldn't have survived a series with Nugent Hopkins getting four. And I'm not saying he doesn't do other things because he does, but you know, again, they couldn't have survived a series if Nugent Hopkins didn't score two or three goals. They they but they didn't just survive this one; they won it. Yeah, no, they're a deep team. Hey, this team has been built very well by Ken Holland. Uh, he knew what he needed. He got the pieces that he that he did at the deadline. He got cost in throughout the season. Uh, he built a team that was capable of taking a run in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He he built around his star players, and that that's the what's amazing about Nugent Hopkins only only having four points in a series. That was on a power play that he's a big part of. That was fantastic. Uh, but you kind of as a um, a fan should be excited that Nugent Hopkins hasn't scored yet in the playoffs because going forward, you know, a player that of his caliber is going to get hot. He's, it's going to uh, equal out as they go forward. So I would imagine uh, the next series, probably two or three will pop in the net for Nugent Hopkins, which makes you feel good because they're probably going to need it. They didn't need it in this series. Yeah. Well, they honestly, will need it against yeah, the Golden honestly, Knights. Last year against the Kings, we talked about him maybe having a bit of a quieter series than we thought. And then, he was really good against the Calgary Flames, so yeah, I'm yep, sure there's nope. going to be some he'll, he'll, coming. He'll be fine. I'm, I'm not worried. There's there's players you worry about. Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't one of them. 5-4. The Oilers win it tonight. They beat the Kings four games to two. They play Vegas next. We have Frank on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Frank. Go ahead. Hey guys, what a time to be a hockey fan. Great series. Great entertainment. I'm old enough to go prior to the Oilers coming into the NHL, so I was a Leaf fan there, and I was really happy to see them come through. I'm secretly hoping to see the Leafs and the Oilers in a Stanley Cup final. And not only will we have a great, uh, great, great hockey on the ice, but the ice district versus whatever they call it in Toronto, Jurassic Park, would be a sideline that uh, television would just die for. <laughs> Don't know what you guys think, but wow, what a time to be a hockey fan. Well, two Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup final would be massive, I think, regardless of the two franchises. I guess uh, Montreal-Calgary in 89 was the last year this happened. that happened. I, I think Edmonton-Toronto would possibly be next level with the east-west rivalry with matthews and mcdavid with the leafs having been in the draft lottery uh, you know one of the other teams with pretty good odds uh, the year the Oilers won mcdavid so yeah storylines would abound <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know that there's a lot of people out west that don't want to see the maple leafs move on and a lot of them wanted them to lose uh to tampa I, I want Toronto to move on because I think this city, this city, this country will be nuts if there's two Canadian teams that continue to move on in the playoffs. That's what it's all about this time of year, having East versus West, Toronto versus Edmonton. Just think the excitement is going to be around. Now, again, that's getting way ahead of ourselves, but they both did took the first steps forward, winning their first-round series. Yeah, and uh, the Leafs got the overtime win tonight on a goal by John Tavares, shot in front and banked in off a skate, got past Vasilevsky to give the Leafs that victory. We also have Kelly calling in this evening. Hello, Kelly. Thanks for 
let me come on. Hey, listen, um, I've always been curious about um, as far as uh, team preparations, as far as their how much time do they spend uh, watching videos of the teams that they're about to come up on and stuff like that? Like, um, there's so much technology coming into the hockey or all sports for that matter. Like, how well, important is that in, in uh, team preparation? It, it's huge. And so right now, the Oilers have two video guys. And right now, they will have everything about the Vegas Golden Knights. They'll have all the Vegas Golden Knights power plays. And all the penalty killers will watch the, the power plays that Vegas has, and they'll break them down. They'll show their tendencies, what they like to do, how you can stop them. Here's what you need to do when the puck goes here, there, wherever. Then they'll watch yeah. all of the Vegas Golden Knights penalty killers. Here's how we can exploit them. Here's where they have trouble. Here's where they can't get the puck out. They'll do face-offs. They'll show goaltender. They will show every goal that is scored on Laurent Brassois. So, you know, okay, here's where he's weakness. Every goalie has a weakness. Some is just the weaknesses are smaller and slighter, but every goaltender has a, an area where you can try to take advantage of it. So, yes, video is huge. 100% it's huge. And that's one of the biggest differences between now and 20 years ago is there's no secrets. So what it does now come to is execution whichever team executes will be the team that wins because you know what the other team's doing they know what you're doing now go at their next few better than they do yeah i i you know rob i, I bring that up periodically throughout the season and you know i love that topic and i've and i've talked to a lot of football players about it too i, I think football is more almost obsessive <laughs> when it comes to mm -hmm. video not that it, it isn't a big deal in hockey but uh jed roberts who you finally got to meet a couple yep. weeks ago Great man, nice person. Yeah, awesome guy. Uh, and he he talked about just going home at night or hanging out with a teammate and just going through tapes of video. And one thing I really enjoyed what Jed talked about was that he would watch. I don't know if hockey players would do this as much. I want to see what you think. He would watch tape of himself extensively because in a sport like football, he would want to make sure, okay, I don't want to do anything that is tipping off. He was a defensive player that's tipping off the offense as to what I'm doing or my teammates are doing, pass rush, preparing for the run. Like, he wanted to make sure I'm lining up the same way every time, every time, every time. I, I found that really interesting. It is. You wouldn't find that in hockey for a couple of reasons. One, you play 82 games. Right. You're not watching video over and over and over of yourself. Uh, two, it's so much in hockey happens off of mistakes, off of bounces it's it's not football's cut and dry okay here's your route here's where you got to go or i'm lining against this guy i'm going to push this way i'm going to block that way whereas hockey it's it, so many other things happen on each play so players don't the only time you'll watch yourself where you ask to watch yourself is if you're not scoring mm -hmm. and then you go and ask okay what am i doing wrong where am i shooting show me some video of some goals so i can gain a little bit of confidence but if you're watching video of yourself, it's usually because the coach has called you in and said, okay, here's what we don't like. So most players don't want to watch video of themselves because it's usually not a good thing. Okay. Uh, if you're on hold, we will get to you. Thanks for staying up and listening to us. The Oilers have won the series 5-4, the final in game six. Back to L.A. Here is the Viking, Matthias Ekholm.
at the end there just a little bit about the final finish it looked like you guys despite all the pressure kind of handled that last final push by them quite well yeah um obviously Stu stood in there for us um never seen anything like it with the with the stick break there but um talk about resiliency on this team and coming back finding a goal dig one out late and uh be able to defend it at the end there was it was huge everybody was sacrificing and, and as you said i thought we um we kept them from setting up. We kept them from pressure, I guess, towards the end there. We, we got the pucks out, and uh, yeah, huge win for us. When you lose your lead on such a strange play uh, and a gift goal, really, for the Kings, how is it mentally, and how do you overcome it and not let that moment wreck the rest of the game i think everybody's different but for myself it's almost easier uh just because it's like what are you going to do about it nobody did a mis like nobody did anything wrong it was just uh i don't know what to call it it was just a, uh, an unforced error it was just yeah stuff happens and, and that's to me i think that's easier because you just move on it's, it's nobody's fault there's nobody to blame there's nobody did anything wrong and you just move on and um i think this group is very confident in uh, knowing what uh, feeling out the, the momentum of the game and, and knowing what to do the next couple shifts because I thought we had some good shifts there uh, defending right after and then started building up the coming up in their zone and, and, and was able to find one. This is a team that has often had a hard time winning when uh, Drysaddle and McDavid don't win for them. Tonight you get three goals from guys that are probably on the fourth line uh, and help from all over the lineup so that's make you pretty hard to beat. I think that's huge, yeah. I think that's great. I think that's um, something that playoff calls for. It, it's just so hard. It's so tight out there. It's not going to be um, the same guys doing it every night. I think we have guys throughout the lineup that, that can contribute both offensively and defensively, and I think tonight that was that was really a big showcase for us. How important or beneficial is it to close it out in six tonight? Huge. Um, I have some experience of this. Uh, I think we had a pretty good team. Not sure what year it was, but we went seven games with Anaheim. We went seven games with San Jose, and that game seven in San Jose, we were all just so gassed. Like that, that, That's the reality of it. Um, it is hard, especially that was the travel part of it, too. Um, and, and that would have been the same thing here. It's, it's still a three-hour flight going back home to Edmonton. So um, for us to be able to get a couple days here to, to regroup and, and reset, um, I think it's huge. Huge. Matthias, big picture, what, what do you think was the difference in this series? Uh, I, I, I personally think we we were the better team throughout. Um, if you look at all the individual games for 60 minutes, there were stints where we were on our heels, but I think for the most part we were the better team. I think we, um, obviously our power play has been really good. Um, our kill can be a little bit better, but five on five, I thought we outplayed them. I thought we were the better team for, for most of the series, and, and it kind of felt like we got some challenges thrown at us early with, with some fluky bounces, and I guess the, the bounces weren't maybe going our way, but then game five, I thought we got some bounces. We got some greasy goals, and, and tonight again, so um, over seven games, it usually evens out. Do you have a big takeaway from your play as a whole, as a team, like going into Nash or going into Vegas rather now? No, well, not right now. Just focused on this. Just finished this. So it's uh, obviously very happy with the way we played and got out of this series in six. It's a, it was a hard, hard-fought battle. They're a really good team, and, and we know we're up against another one. But uh, nice to get a couple of days to regroup and, and, and come back at it. Was the turning point of this series the uh, second period of Game Four when you guys rallied back from 3-0 and kind of took control? I think that whole game was was not the first period, obviously, but I mean, even though we came back in the second from a three nothing, we we were down four three with three minutes to go, and was able to dig that one out and get one in OT. Those those are the wins that 
yeah, they're one win in the column, but they're also so huge momentum, the momentum swing in a series, the momentum for the guys, the way you feel going out there for the next game. I've been on, I guess I've been on the side of, of both of those win, win and lose, and, and I know what, what difference that makes of, of winning those and dig those out. What did uh, putting McDavid, Kane, and Drysaddle together do for your team? You know, back a couple games ago and carried it out throughout the rest of the series. Uh, I thought they were they were driving the play. Uh, I think there wasn't there wasn't many shifts where, where that line was in the D zone. I think they're I mean obviously they're top two players in the world. They're they're going to do some damage for you, and um, they did that and as advertised, I guess. All right, that is Matthias Ekholm of your Edmonton Oilers. He picks up an assist. Tonight, he's plus one in 1958 of ice time. Dreisaitl played 26-32. McDavid played 26-27. Nurse played 21-28. Bouchard leading the D tonight at 24-01 as the Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings 5-4 in game six. Uh, oh, here's going to be a happy guy, Rob. You ready for Abbas? Here he is. I Abbas. can hardly wait. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, dude, that was awesome. Every Leaf had told me. Your team is going down. I said, uh-uh. You guys are complaining a lot. Yeah, a lot of people in Toronto today are saying leaves all the way. I said, wait till Boston demolishes you guys. But this team is amazing. I was surprised with the... I know everybody's been arguing with the whole, uh, you know, that dick issue. I was like... But what a way to retain yourself. I think, I think um, Stewart is MVP in my books. Like if we win the Stanley Cup, hopefully this guy is going to be a sensation, and he is. I mean, we got we got two of the best goaltenders. We got a real good defense, you know. And I think this next series is going to be. Going to be top, going to be really awesome to watch. There'll be many overtimes, or, but this team does not give up. And I really love the way this team plays with redemption. They have so much adversity. I think, I think we can win this year. Right on. Yeah, thanks, Abbas. And thanks for staying up late listening in Toronto for sure. Well, I got to tell you something. Uh, don't count on the Leafs playing Boston. <laughs> no, <laughs> got some work to do tomorrow. I guess later. Florida today. is Florida is a good hockey club that played very very well down uh, the stretch. And uh, again, this is one of the reasons I know that we heard Ekholm talk about not wanting to play a game seven just because the added wear and tear on your body. But anytime you're in a a game that is uh, do or die. Uh, you not always the best team wins. Uh, you need some bounces, you need some breaks. The ref can make a bad call. Goaltender can stand on his head. The Boston Bruins, who were sitting pretty comfortably in that series, now all the pressure's on them. There's no pressure on the Florida Panthers. They're not supposed to be here. So there's a lot of pressure going to be on Boston in that game tomorrow. That has been as good as the other series has been. The Boston-Florida series has been pretty good, too. There's First round, there's no better sport for, for for excitement than first-round NHL playoffs. And I think we've seen that with all the games going – or all the series going six and seven. All right. And uh, if you missed it, we do not know when the Oilers-Vegas series will start. The first two games will be in Las Vegas. We have Terry on the line. Thanks, Terry. Go ahead. Hey, um, I'm telling you that uh, Jay Woodcroft has done the most excellent job 
of the century on this team. And who's going to beat down Eichel? Is it going to be McDavid or like for a matchup? Title? Who's going to play against him? It, usually, it's it's no. Leon. Who's going to beat him down? Beat him down? I don't. I don't think anyone's going to fight Jack Eichel <laughs> if that's what you're asking for. You think they'll, so? they'll try to wear him down though? I think they'll try and wear him down but physically, and they should. Jack, I, I'm telling I, I, you right now that Freddie might call in here right away and tell you all about it. But in order to beat him, we have to take Eichel down. So who's gonna do it? Okay, well, I, I, I don't, I don't know what he's suggesting, Rob, but I'm not sure. Well, it's gonna. I know the Oilers went 3-0-1 against Vegas this year without beating them up. So I think the, the Oilers feel fairly confident that they don't have to get into a, a, a fisticuff brawl with Jack Eichel to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, I, and I've said that before to you, Reed, that they, that's a team or a team that confuses me. I just, I, I know they're good and I know they're good players. But for the injuries they've had, and they've had some a ton of injuries this year, and they've had players not have, like Eichel just had an average year at best, yet they continue to win. So to me, it's a well-coached team, uh, and they, they are going to be a much more physical and aggressive team than we saw with the L.A. Kings. But it's a, it's a team that I do believe. I When they Oilers played against L.A., I thought it was going to be a tough series for the Oilers to win. I felt they were the better team, but I thought L.A. was very good. I do believe the Oilers are a much better team than the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's one I would expect the Oilers would win. You know, and nothing against Eichel. Chandler Stevenson had a good year. Uh, yep. You know, Marshall shows a good player. I've liked Riley Smith for. for I a love long William time. Carlson. Love uh, William Carlson as a player. But, but I really think Petrangelo is is the the motor there. Oh, I, I agree. I think he's the motor, and I think uh, Theodore on the back end, too, is a fantastic young defenseman. But the, the thing that's amazing about Vegas, and we saw it, we were part of it this year as, an, as the Oiler team, is they at one point won four straight games with four different goaltenders. Right. And they, that was one of the games that they beat Edmonton in Edmonton. So this is a team that, it, uh, I mean, they had their, their fourth and fifth string goaltenders in at the end of the season and were still capable of winning games. Uh, this is a, they won't be an easy out. Uh, there is an excitement in Vegas. I have a, I imagine there will be some Oiler fans in Vegas this week, but I don't see the Vegas Golden Knights being as good as the LA Kings. I think that uh, LA has a better team. I think the LA Kings uh, have a better structure. Having said that, Vegas has proved everyone wrong all season long, and we're going to see this week. Uh, if they're capable of uh, of doing something that they haven't done all year, and that's beating the Edmonton Oilers in regulation. Yeah, I, I look. It's going to be, of course, a physical mm-hmm. series. It's the playoffs. I, I just think like the Oilers are going to have to have that mentality. If you can finish a check on Petrangelo, you got to finish it because he's going to play a ton. He's incredibly talented. Yep. And well, the, I, I well they did it against Dowdy. Dowdy probably right, got like hit more in this yeah. series than he's been in the last right three four months combined. Yeah, and I think Petrangelo. I mean, of course, you're going to hit everybody, but to me, that's the guy. Okay, how do you how do you slow him down? How can you wear him down? Start with that guy. That, that's all I would look at. That the only difference between him and Dowdy, Petrangelo is a big, big man <laughs> compared to Dowdy. So it'll it'll be tough. The best players don't get hit often. I nope. mean, play against the others, hit McDavid as much as you can. Well, he's a ghost. It's hard to do it. Uh, they, it'll it'll be a fun series. I think it'll be at times. L.A. sat back. And and you saw the Oilers. There was a lot of dumping and chase. I think there will be more uh, of the Oilers being. I think there'll be more room for a McDavid 
or a dry settle through the neutral zone is I don't see Vegas sitting back like L.A. did. Okay, the Oilers have beaten the L.A. Kings 5-4. It was 2-1 Edmonton after the first, 4-3 Edmonton after the second. Deneau tied it up shorthanded off the Skinner broken stick pass, and then Yamamoto wins it with a long-range floater to the top corner with 3.03 left in the third period. You'll hear from Yamamoto and Connor McDavid when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Yamamoto creates for McLeod. Costin. McLeod spins. Yamamoto looking for the net. Top of the left circle. Shot score! Tyler Yamamoto put it upstairs and Edmonton takes a 5-4 lead. Okay, Yamamoto, the series winner. Oilers 5, Kings 4. Here is Yamamoto and McDavid. Connor, congratulations on the victory. Uh, what was the mood on the bench when that unfortunate goal went in at 4-4 to tie the game? Yeah, you know, it's funny, actually. Um, you know, I was having flashbacks to Game 4 against Calgary last year. Um, you know, it's it's good that we've been in that situation before, you know, where a weird one kind of goes in, where you feel like you're doing a lot of good things. And um, it kind of feels funny, you know, that the game's tied. You know, you didn't really do anything wrong, but tough break. Um, credit to Skin to, uh, to to shut the door down after. We weren't... Uh, we weren't exactly uh, solid in front of him coming on the stretch, but, you know, he just gave us a chance to win, and obviously the little guy steps up over here. So, um, you know, it's uh, credit to both those guys. Kyler, uh, to your right. As, as someone who grew up playing for the Junior Kings, did you ever feel like you would score such a crucial goal against the big club? Honestly, no. Um, <laughs> being in this position, um, you know, it's pretty crazy, but... Um, you know, playing against him last year, um, you know, you definitely think about it. Um, you get your hopes up for it, but, um, yeah, no, I never really thought so. But, um, yeah, thank, thank goodness it won in. Um, so, yeah. Kyler, over here. Um, just a thought on your goal. Can you just maybe describe your goal? You guys looked like you were in that zone for a long, long time, and um, obviously it's a huge goal for you guys. But you're, you guys played well the entire game. Was just feel it was coming? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I played with Clem the whole game. Um, you know, he was firing on all cylinders tonight. You know, he had two tonight. So, um, you know, I know once we were buzzing around in the ozone, um, you know, something, you know, good was going to happen. So, um, you know, he had a great net front. Um, I think there was like two or three bodies there, but, um, you know, just shot it and uh, thankfully it went in. Connor, just over here in front of you. Um, every time you guys face adversity, it's seemingly like somebody else steps up in the lineup. What does that say about your group and how special and how cohesive this group is right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people look at the Oilers and think, you know, it's a a two or three man team. It's not at all. Couldn't be further from that at all. Um, You know, up and down the lineup, we've got contributions. Um, You know, both goalies stepped up huge in the series. Um, You know, we had seven D-man play and, and, you know, a bunch of different forwards stepping up at uh, at crucial times. So um, that's what playoff hockey is all about. you know, it's a good time for a group. But there was a time, Connor, uh, where a defensive team like this uh, might have got the better of you, where you, these were the teams that didn't sort of fit your style, right? Uh, does, it, does it show a step that this team's taken that you can play six games against a defensive team like this and beat them? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we always talk about... Uh, 
you know, a time when, when that would happen. You know, we beat them in a, in a long series last year, too. You know, um, we're comfortable playing in these games. We've said that. Um, I think we showed that. Um, you know, um, they're a good team. They're stingy. Um, they're better offensively than I think people give them credit for. You know, they got uh, <clears throat> they got some elite players and, and uh, you know, some, some, some real solid defensemen. So um, they're a good team, and, and uh, it's a credit to us to, uh, to get the job done here. Connor, at the back, um, how important or beneficial was it to close this out in six? I mean, game seven, you, you just never know, you know, what, what, what could happen. Um, you know, it's a, a break here, a break there, a call here, a call there, and, and, and uh, you know, you, you'd like to avoid it at all costs. But, you know, um, to get it done here is really big. You know, give us, give us a day to, uh, to regroup, rest up a little bit, um, you know, and get ready for another uh, real good test in Vegas. Connor, Kirk Sandoval from ABC. Curious, uh, kind of a unique series where when teams on both sides would have the lead mm -hmm. and then the other guys would come. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you describe this series from that standpoint and to advance? Yeah, you know, it, it, we said it before the series, there's going to be swings. Um, there's going to be really big swings, and, and uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted um, you know, swings quite like that. You know, three goals one period, the other team scores three the next. Um, two goal leads kind of get in a race pretty quick. Um, really strange series. It was a really tight series. It was a hard fought series. Um, you know, and it's a good sign our group battled through. You know, those uh, those tight games are, are what brings uh, brings uh, the group together, and, and, and there was no shortage of those uh, in this series. Connor uh, over here. Uh, yeah, I guess each season and each series is kind of its own entity. Uh, you know, what, what challenges do the Kings present in this series uh, that they maybe didn't last season? You know, where, where did you see them kind of move forward from year to year as an opponent? Uh, for me, I saw a huge growth offensively. Um, you know, we knew, you know, their system. They play their system really well. They're so well coached. You know, Todd has that group uh, really dialed in. And, and um you know, but for me, I think, you know, obviously a healthy Arvidsson, a, a healthy Deneau, or sorry, a healthy Doughty, um, you know, you add Fiala into the series, um, you know, that's pretty potent offensive side and, and, um, and their power play, their power play, uh, you know, I remember last year it wasn't, uh, it wasn't clicking the way it was quite this, uh, quite this year. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be the, the, the main difference. I wanted to follow up briefly on, you know, we see what you guys have done on the ice, but how about Jay's development from year to year? I know last year he comes in an interim coach, but now he seems to be really settled in at the helm there. Just his development as a leader from year to year at Woodcroft, I'm talking about. Yeah, I really believe that uh, that Woody's, um, you know, right in the top top five, top three coaches in the league. I really, 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 really believe that. Um, we've had him here in Edmonton for, for a number of years. He's been part of the organization ever since I've been here. And, um, you know, he knows us all really well. He's a great leader, great communicator. Um, you know, has us, uh, has us playing a, a certain way that seems to be working. And, and um, the whole coaching staff, honestly, deserves, uh, deserves, deserves a lot of credit. Connor, just right here, uh, you, you and Leon played together for the better parts of the last three games. How do you think that kind of changed the complexion of your of your lineup? Um, yeah, obviously, when you can put two guys together that have played together a long time, and, and obviously you add in a guy like Evander, um, who's uh, you know played in really big games and and uh, and and proved that he can play well and score and, and score big goals, and, and he proved that again this series. Um, you know, obviously, it's a good line. Um, you know, and they—it's uh, something that they have to think about for sure. Um, you know, and and I think the rest of our group 
was amazing. You know, I thought uh, Jug stepping in on on the on the second line, they did a, a, a phenomenal job, especially in Game Five. And you know, obviously Yams and 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 Koss playing together on, on I guess the, the whatever um, you know, I thought they 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 played amazing too. So um, yeah, <coughs> Kyler over here. Just, I know not your first time playing the Kings or in this building, but as a one-time junior king, any thoughts about what it's like to beat the senior Kings? Uh, I mean, as another, it feels amazing. Um, you know, growing up here and playing here for, you know, a few years, you know, when I was 12, 14, 15, um, you know, I love the culture down here. Um, you know, the weather, it's great. But, you know, to be able to beat them right now, it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. One more for me. One more for me. Uh, can we ask you, Connor, to uh, maybe just look forward for us uh, to Vegas? I know it's fresh, but mm. uh, you got a series starting with a team you've never played in the playoffs before. What do you expect? Yeah, obviously their uh, their rink brings a lot of energy. I'd expect um, I'd expect some physicality. You know, they're uh, they're a big group. Um, you know, I would expect um, you know lots of energy, lots of emotion. You know, like uh, every playoff series brings. Um, they're a real good team, and a couple days to get ready here and and uh, and go from there. That is Connor McDavid and Kyler Yamamoto after a 5-4 Edmonton Oilers win against the Los Angeles Kings. The Oilers take the series four games to two. Vegas is next. Of course, we will have that entire series for you here on 630 Jet, presented by Friesen Brothers. The series schedule is to be announced. Get more on the team, more on this game on 630Jet.com, globalnews.ca. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer coming up noon to 2 on Monday. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Andrew Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Round 2 against the Golden Knights coming up. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.